Hello, listeners to the Punk Theology Podcast. This is season two, episode number six. Ah. Losing faith in what? Institutional religion? Uh, organized religion? Let's face it, it's called losing faith in church. Hey, by the way, we are implementing a new thing in this podcast, the talking stick. I know. It's a way to keep us from cross-talking, all right? I have the floor. I have the floor. Um, We don't say that a lot, actually. So this, uh, the flow to this episode is a little more flowful than uh, episodes uh, in the recent past. So uh, I think I just made up a word. Anyway, our Facebook page, by the way, I might as well throw that out there. We have a patron page, Patreon page. We have a Facebook page called Punk Theology Pub on Facebook. That's our public uh, Facebook page. Check that out. And let's, I'll shut up. Here we go. Well, that's me in the corner. That's me in the spotlight. Losing my Like we just got in the car and I just punched the gas. <clears throat> hey, that's what this is. We're scaring old people. Probably. I say old too many people. swear words. I mean, I listen to this show. I suppose there's probably some old people. There's cool. some. Cool. There's some. By some definitions, we Please are old people. Right. We're kind of old people. people. We are old people. I don't know. Yeah. You guys are millennials. There's two Gen Xers, two millennials in the room. We're missing Arthur, who got in a car accident today. Pray for him. So pray for him. Yes, thoughts and prayers for Arthur. Hedges. Hedges. Please, please donate. You know, we're gonna go ahead and start a little yeah. collection plate for Arthur. We're gonna he have ended his neck's a little sore. He's not like hurt. Or yeah, he's not. Hurt, he can't just hurt. leave it. Like he that. didn't get fucking T-boned, and he's in the hospital in traction. Yes, we can leave it like that. <laughs> soft tissue. It's not like hurt, that. Though. It does soft tissue. Does hurt. I mean, he is missing. You know, maybe an eyebrow or yeah, arm. How do you miss an eyebrow? I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to do. <laughs> yeah, man, it sucks though. Because it was what is it? Was it his new truck? His no, new... it was his his, his Ford. Ford. Oh, his Ford. But okay. it's a nice car. Oh, yeah, it's nice kind car. of his baby. Yeah, yeah, it's a Ford though. <laughs> <laughs> Hope he has gap insurance. It's not. Oh, fucking gap insurance. That's true. Take a Ford off the lot. It's worth you know like two grand. And then Steve. It's Steve's <laughs> anniversary. So Steve's been married for 38 years. So let's do a, a congratulations to Steve. Him and his wife are out. To have a little bit of perspective, I am 35 years old. That's right. Derek's <laughs> 35 years old. Steve has been married for a few years longer than Derek's existed, which is, you know, that's a that's a milestone. That's something. That's something. We'll we'll anybody let's cheers. do a let's, cheers yeah. to. Cheers to Steve. I can hear all the plotting in the background. There you go. You Everyone's that okay. There you go. That's right. Thank you. Thank you very much. So what are we talking about? Um, losing faith in church. Have we talked about that before? Probably. Have we? But it hasn't been a topic. It hasn't been a topic. Like a, We're going to make it a, a topic? official topic. Okay. I like it. It's relevant. Yeah. And so I'm smoking this cigar that <coughs> if you've been following the show for a while, I, I took some like really cheap cigars and poured moonshine whiskey... 
a little bit of Jameson in a bag, and I tried to make them better. And it did not. It didn't really work. I mean, and so we tried to smoke them a few times, and they were just intolerable. Like, you had to throw them in the garbage. There was a fire here when it was warmer. We'd start a fire, and we'd just... You mean when it was colder? That, too. Yeah. When it was colder. Anyway. Yeah, we'd start a fire. (laughs) So those cigars were bad. But I'm actually smoking this one now because I'm out of cigars. And it maybe it's got enough age in it to where it's it's okay. And maybe should church be like that? Like I feel like church is sort of like this cigar. Like it's not it's not good. Like it's not great. It's just kind of okay. But then again, there's that analogy of feeding me. Like should church feed you spiritually? Is what does that, that, that mean? Is that I don't even know what that means. means. Exactly. But Christians a lot of people say, say that. It means <coughs> things Christians say. No, it is true mean, though. It, it means you go and you have an emotional experience. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. It means it's like a show. You have your certainty <clears throat> stoked. You're yeah, yeah. You're stoked and you have and your emotions. And you stoked. feel good. There's some endorphins going. It's like Beyonce. It's like going to a Beyonce show. It should be church should be like fucking Beyonce and show. Do you think more people or less people would attend church if it was like Beyonce? Well, some churches more people are, would, and some churches are like yeah. some churches like amazing. And and I love. I used to go to a church with a full. Um, it was a mulatto family, so a black woman marries a white guy, and and their kids and they were amazing like fucking amazing so it was it was sort of a black church white church it was really multiracial <laughs> I really dug that about this church like they would get up and everybody's dancing and singing and hallelujah and clapping their hands and there was something to that energy that I really enjoyed but is that is that fucking worship is that church is that a god thing does that stir your affections is that well, the, does that have anything you, to do? You, you with have to start with why do you, higher power. Why do you go? What's the what's the draw? What's the allure? And there's various reasons. For some people, it's social. It's you know networking. It's com- you have like instant community. community. Instant yeah. community. Exactly. Yeah. Now that's what's good about well, it. Well, instant perceived community. Yes, because it's only as deep as long as you're there. And once you leave, it probably won't extend beyond it. We've talked about that some before, and I've I've said that friendships or relationships typically found within a construct. Uh, only exists to reinforce the construct, and when no, one leaves yeah. the construct, then it, you know it's like the difference. The relationship between, doesn't exist. It's the difference between a friendship and a romantic relationship. Yeah, like when romance is over, like you don't talk to that person <laughs> it's over. ever again. They get ghosted. Yeah, they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but I think you have to start a little bit with with the why, and that's something I've been thinking about, and I haven't talked to you guys about it because it's fairly recent, but. Uh, my church I was, went out. So. I was working through some of my Christianity and some of my Christian baggage in therapy. And I, I feel like I, I really made peace with Christianity. Like I really made peace with it. Christianity, right. a lot of the things that used to bother me don't. But what I realized is that people, at least people like me, find themselves in church because they already have a sense of for lack of a better word, brokenness or guilt or incomplete or kind of that void. We talk philosophically, like Peter Rollins articulates that well. The the um, the the gap or the lack, you know, that this mm. this thing we have as humans, that's just you have this kind of uh, existential feeling of I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. The hole in your heart. The hole, yeah, well, yeah, the vacuum, the God-shaped mm. hole, whatever whatever name you want to give it. And I realized that well, that's still there. And I and I think I I think even. I would have told you that, that that would have been there regardless, but I think I blame Christianity for my guilt or for, oh, you know, I, this is why I feel like shit because right. I was I, I was indoctrinated and I was taught to hate myself and I'm a sinner and I'm a worm. No, people feel like that and that's why they go to church in the first place. Yeah. Now, church might it's exacerbate. Human. It's a human thing. Now, church can exacerbate that pre-existing condition and I think it does for a lot of people. I think it did with me. If but it's just a conditioning thing, people wouldn't convert an adult. Exactly. Yeah. And lots of people. And lots of people. Because of that reason, usually on a bad day, people don't come to Jesus on a good day. It's usually a bad day. Um, That's why they call it a come to Jesus moment. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that 
that varies too. Like some people maybe that aren't raised with it or don't have as much existential or innate guilt or, or brokenness or, or that vacuum, whatever you want to call it. But that's what humanity is. That's what being human is. We all have it. Yeah. Uh, you, you can give it a different name. Um, uh, so that's kind of where, where I start with. That's why Christianity or, quote, church is successful is because of that vacuum. And so what do you do with that void? What do you think maybe and here's something I've been thinking about. I've been thinking about for a while. Oh, oh, okay. Can I add and Sure, sure. I think the lie is that church fills it or that Jesus yeah. fills it or whatever. That's what I was just going to say is that they market that. They market that. And, and like as Derek said, they and I, I agree they exploit it. They they overpromise, they underdeliver. And it, it does fill it, kind of. For a time. Yeah. I think for a time it, yeah. it can. Yeah. What do you do when it's it sort of like peeing in Alaska? They have this term called peeing your pants to keep your backside warm. That you mentioned a couple times. Yeah. It's true. It, yeah, it, yeah. It, it fucking works. For a time. For a, <laughs> for a little while. As long as you keep drinking. It works. And it's like I about this to, with the yeah. it's like uh, Richard Rohr's second stage of life too on that episode you know it's it works for elementary style first stage first stage stage. of life and it might actually be good for elementary styles it is definitely good right and that's the part that I struggle with with church like I kind of want my kids to go to church yeah dude I get that a container a structure Yeah. yeah a structure for all that shit that no one talks about right like all those feelings of insecurity or... Well, just me- a meaning structure. Meaning, Super yeah. important. Yeah. yeah. Like, But I also want to be in a church that recognizes that that's just what it is, is a very elementary style structure, and there's more to it than just yeah. this bullshit. Well, Bible even talks about it. Paul talks about being stuck on milk, right? Huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. being stuck on milk and that. When I was a child, I ate as a child. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's sort of a, I think that's also a consciousness. That could be a consciousness first. And Jesus said a lot of that too. Eyes that see, ears that hear, um, legs that walk. I don't think know. that was in it. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Pete Rollins talked about that. I think I've mentioned that a few times, but the guy that was blind that probably didn't really see with his eyes. But what if that's how he got cured of his blindness? I was once blind and now I see. Was he really healed of his blindness? And and people could say, oh, that's blasphemy or whatever. But, you know. Maybe it was both. Maybe it's yeah. both. Yeah. <laughs> I am the bread of life. Are they really full? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's also like Luke 4, you know. The devil talking with Jesus and saying, "Do you, you know, you really have to go hungry? Like you're fucking God. You can just turn those rocks into bread." Um, it's it's that meaning trying to install some kind of meaning in your kids to where they're you know they're able to differentiate between the two layers. Uh, but then you risk having your kids molested. As we see in the news with this fucking cat, just don't be Roman Catholic. Like seriously, I don't know why anyone's still fucking Roman Catholic. Like these people, people. yeah, I know. Like fuck, man. And, and it's not, you know. And people say, well, other organizations go through this too, Russ. Other organizations don't protect it like the Roman Catholic fucking church has. I'm not saying I agree with this point of view, but. Um, I heard Jason Stillman, who was a Presbyterian minister and is now a, a, a kind of a, a, a lukewarm Catholic or like a clumsy Catholic. Yeah. And, you know, he was talking about this very thing with, oh, how can you be Catholic? Mm-hmm. And he brought kind of, I think, a valid critique of Western Christianity and Protestantism <laughs> in a lot of its iterations where... Uh, a Protestant, an Evangelical, even a post-Evangelical, you'll have the luxury of looking throughout 20 centuries of Christianity and picking and choosing the things that you want, but mm-hmm. you're not going to buy the whole enchilada. Right. So there's the, no unity. There's no unity. So you can always say, oh, that's those other guys. Yes. So we like uh, these church fathers here, these thinkers there. Oh, but yeah. we're not responsible for the Inquisitions. Right. Uh, we well, didn't do that. You know? Even yeah. on a, like a 
like a local thing. Mm. Like, oh, that church down the street, that pastor was a terrible asshole. Not oh, my church. We have my church. To do with yeah, that's my, that's yeah, my yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the Willow Creek thing. It's not my denomination. My last conversation with Rick. He's that's kind of his attitude. Like that's happening in Chicago. That's over there, not those here. Are those people. We're over here. You know, we we get something out of this GLS fucking thing. But the. The challenge, and I, and I, I think it is a, a fair push pushback. At least, at least philosophically, it's a fair question or a fair pushback. Where there's that unity thing, where we own the whole thing. So we own the good thinkers and all the stuff that you like, and all the beauty and the mystery and the wonder. And we also own the fact that yeah, we fucked up here and we had these inquisitions. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, there's some pedophile priests, and, yeah, it really sucks, and, yeah, there's just big, big, big systemic problems that are happening. But that's, you know, but there's also good happening, too. And it's the whole thing, and it's not like you can just sit back on the sidelines and just pick and choose. I think that's a good question, even just to think about. I, I don't there's know. There's no escape hatch. Yes. Yeah. But I think that, I mean, some of it is, even the good stuff that they do, at least here in the States... So here's something. I wish some reporter out there, if you're fucking listening, do some research on this because I've investigated some of this and there's there's lawyers who have found a loophole in the bankruptcy clause here in the United States. So a, a priest molests a kid. They can't really do anything as far as the statute of limitations go. And as a childhood survivor myself, it makes a lot of sense that people don't say a fucking word until they're in their 30s, 40s, even 50s. When their whole fucking life breaks down, they finally have to face their demons. That's usually the fucking demon. Like, someone molested me. But what they can do is file uh, civil charges. And these civil charges have hit the church pretty dramatically. Like, millions of dollars worth of damage that was I done. I just read a thing that said $600 billion. Oh, yeah. But, but what's happening... So this dude... So some fucking a-hole lawyer found a clause where... A, a, a local congregation of the Roman Catholic Church can mm. file bankruptcy. Now, that cuts off whatever victim was part of that thing, right? What's fucked up about that is some of these local congregations have actually helped, like, the homeless or have had ministries for single moms. And guess what? When the church goes out of business, so does the, so does the fucking ministries that are doing good works. Uh, so, you know, it's like, I don't know, but that's, that's, you're right. That's kind of a, this is happening at this point in time, but the, the Catholic church itself, like it, when do you stop? And maybe that's part of being punk rock is when do you, when do you stop and say fucking enough? I'm not going to give money to this fucking organization as long as they keep hiding in the dark and they keep hiding in the dark. The Pope says shit like no tolerance and then he has some fucking guy extradited using diplomatic immunity from Washington DC. This is November of 2017, you know, because oh he's no tolerance. Like fucking bullshit, Pope Francis, you piece of shit. You know, tell us how you really. Russ is working on his swearing today. (laughs) But I'm I'm serious. Like, don't. Why are you giving money to these fucking people? I'm sounding like like fucking Benjamin Wheeler now. I really (laughs) am. But that's that's where I'm at. Why do you give Dan or uh, Rick the time of day when you interviewed him? Because I, I, I know Rick. See, the, 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 the if I knew a priest a who was like, "Oh, we had a guy who was," that's a false kids. equivalency, by the way. I, I, I want to be clear. Right. I'm not. I'm that's not. not the same. But, but, but 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 you know what I'm saying, though. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like there's always a line. Where's the line? Is what you're asking. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. Is that what I'm asking? Where's the line? Yeah, because yeah, you. It's kind of when do you? When are you done? That's the kind of the when question. Done? That, that's kind of the question. That's the, what I'm dealing with. I haven't. I struggle with that. Yeah, and, when, I, when and is to be honest, I have shit I have more a, work than the profit. That yeah, that's kind of something we briefly talked about earlier. And that's kind of where I'm at. Is that I haven't really ever been there before. Um, not seriously. As far as where as church is concerned, yeah, or as far as the organization, organizational religion. Yeah, as far as the church in general is concerned, yeah. it's funny because I'm. It's weird seeing this now because John was pretty much in the same spot that <laughs> I feel like I'm coming up on. And I'm wondering, like, is it just the age? Could be. Like, <laughs> it could be. Yeah. Is it's it, a midlife thing for yeah, sure. It's just, it, it, it is. You hit 35 and all of a sudden 
You're like, the same shit. It's just bullshit, man. It's just bullshit. There's nothing to be ideal about. There's nothing to have, like, rose-colored glasses. Something I said today was, like, it's this feeling of, you know, the Bible says be in the world but not of the world. And it sure as fuck feels like the church is... Of, the, of world. the world and not in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it's exact like yeah. they're doing the exact same shit yeah. as you see well, these CEOs of big companies exactly. doing and pulling. It's a fucking corporation. Something goes down and they fucking cover well, their asses and look at their liabilities mm-hmm. and bury the victims. And I'm and, signing my resignation yeah. letter and, and it's all legal. And rush to non-disclosure agreements and all. It looks exactly like the worst part of the fucking world. Yeah, and the only difference is they have that they've completely excluded themselves and isolated themselves from from actually from the rest of the world. Like they have no contact with basically anybody that in a secular fashion. <laughs> like they've they've excluded, but they but when it comes to real primary things and how they behave when shit hits the fan, they're the same fucking thing. Like what is the point if when your cards hit the table, you're you're the exact fucking same thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, why? Where's that transformation of yeah. the spirit? Where's Where was the promise? Yeah. Where was the promise? You're why just human. They're human. I mean, yeah. they, they're not saying they're not human, but where's they're, that transformation? They're disappointingly human. Yes. It's yes. Like, yes. like, there is no <laughs> fucking difference. It's like... They're supposed to be better, right? Because they have the Holy Spirit. Right? That's, well, right. and it's, that's when, Russ, when you posted Sorry. the article on Facebook, you know, it's like, well, where is enough? Like, why aren't we being Jesus? You know, you think about when Jesus went into the temple and he's flipping over all these tables. tables and, yeah. you know, and just, he just beat the shit out of all of the religious leaders. He just sat there and fashioned a whip. Like, that's a good <laughs> meditation strategy, right? <laughs> and then he used it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. It feels like you guys familiar with Animal Farm? A couple of you. So at the end of Animal Farm, the whole thing is you know these pigs basically take over control of the farm, and they and they you know develop and develop and develop. It's a it's a analogy for communism. Mm -hmm. But the closing thing in the book is that the pigs meet with the other humans. And they're all sitting around the table, and you can't fucking tell who's a pig (laughs) and who's a human because they eventually slowly adapted to the point where they're just the same fucking thing. Yeah. And that was that's what happened in communism, where, you know, they promised this great, you know, everything's going to be different. And then when, when was that book written? That was book was written in the, what, 40s? Uh, I'm not no, sure. No. George Orwell, 50s? It might have been 50s or 60s. Anyways, but really good. Yeah, but yeah. it feels like that. Like, wait a minute. Like, in the end, you know, the curtain was pulled back. And, like, I can't tell who are the pigs and who are the people. Or it's like the Walking Dead analogy, similarly, where the, the humans are even worse than the walkers than the walk- after yeah. a while. You know, it's yeah. better to be an animal. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and, you know, to one thing you said earlier is a lot of it is about, maybe it's about kids and wanting to raise your kids with some structure, some spirituality, uh, to use that Richard Rohr word, like a, a container, mm-hmm. for them to, like kind of grow up in so they can maybe break it down later when they need to, but at least there's kind of some structure to their formation of spirituality. And, yeah, it's a conversation my wife and I have had. Like, I actually like going to liturgy. I actually enjoy going to church where I try to practice Christianity very clumsily, very horribly, but I like it. And that's, at the end of the day, that's why I go. But if it were, if my kids weren't in the picture... We'd be so nominal. I suspect we maybe go once, maybe twice a month, you know, just kind of mm-hmm. check in and out. Yeah. And the kids play a, a part in that for sure. Like It was super helpful for my childhood, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like I can genuinely say, <coughs> and I was in a pretty solid church, at least from a child's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there was stuff going on, but I mean, you know, usual church drama stuff. But uh, yeah, and... and and especially where I grew up, like, there was some real shitty stuff going on, and I was around it, and I can definitely point to instances where my church background really helped just because I had a sense of meaning mm-hmm. and a sense of structure. Mm-hmm. Like, I even just just basic moralism was really helpful. Sure. Like, this is good, this is bad. Like, like as a kid, when your brain mm-hmm. is developing, you're figuring all that shit out, oh, mm-hmm. some boundaries are really helpful. Yeah. yeah. And, and I find it interesting because my church experience is 
not good at all. Yeah. But yet I still have this drive Draw. to get my kids plugged into a church. What's that about? If yours wasn't good, I don't know. That'd be interesting to investigate. I have no idea why. I mean, because it's, it's like my church experience growing up is pretty horrendous. Mine was too. But I think that part of it, if I'm honest and I tease it out philosophically, I think it had a lot to do with hell. Like fear of hell? Not just fear of hell, but the relationship with God. So some of that show with PSA and like you talking about it and... Uh, Penal substitutionary. Yeah, thing. yeah. And, and Paul Young has been helpful with that. Like that was some of his stuff too. Like he talks about how really, you know, in an orthodox worldview of that understanding. Like if there's a hell... Then I'm fucking going. Like, if that's really God's attitude towards me, and I have to get Jesus, and then Jesus carries the ball to the end zone for me. Like, there's no fucking ball being carried anywhere. Like, I still want to destroy myself. I still want to watch the world burn fucking to the ground, you know? That was the younger man version of me. And uh, and that was really destructive for me, because I think that part of it was all the pain that I've been through and was hiding in the dark. And Yeah, I've never seen, I've seen that feeling a lot, and I've never seen it manifest itself productively. Yeah. It's usually not good in the way it manifests its behavior. Yeah, it's of a, like, fuck it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna race to hell. It yeah. usually doesn't. Yeah, fear doesn't, it's not a good it, motivator. It doesn't yeah, yeah. help. It'll make you feel bad about yourself. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It'll make, it will make you be better. Yeah, no. It'll just make you yeah. feel bad, but it won't make you behave yeah. better. It's... That's guilt, about, guilt doesn't work. We talked about yeah, that. Yeah. It just doesn't, it's not That's what I love about orthodoxy and, and some of what Paul Young wrote about how God, like everybody's like, well, there had to be some, some thing paid or some debt paid or something like that. What if it was just a demonstration of love and the fact that God submits to sinful, fucked up human beings? Exactly. And all relationships are like that. Like if you're going to be in a relationship, it's like you guys. Have you been you've been in a relationship with me for a while, and I've pissed you off, right? No. Like it's <laughs> like I'm not. I'm gonna fucking fuck up. I'm gonna hurt you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm gonna be annoying. I'm gonna be abrasive. And we did that with God, and God just went, "All right, I, I love, love you. you. I, love, I you. love you." Yeah, and and that's that's the that's the fucking cross. I but I, the I cross wonder, isn't some fucking oh well. God was so good he couldn't be in the room with you. We're that's bullshit. We're we're, we're getting a little theological. Though, I am getting theological, we, but that's how I thought no, about. I, it. I hated myself. As I a get teenager. it. Part of it was my understanding of that the cross and damnation and the the, the part of my story. And I agree with everything Derek said because and that's actually something I worked really hard on in therapy was making peace with my Christianity and seeing how it served me as a young, as a young person, as a, as a teenager, as a young man, it served me well. It gave me a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, when I got older, I ended up having some baggage and some issues with it. And I saw some, well, there's some shit back there too. And I wasn't cognizant of it or I pushed it back and it caused me some anger, but I kind of made peace with that and saw how it served me. But the foundation for that for me was, having a an experience like a that's just part of my story as part of my makeup is actually having a transcendent sort of jesus paul to damascus road like it, 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 you know we can psychoanalyze it you know if arthur were here he'd talk about the neurotransmitters in my brain and yeah you know i, I get all yeah, that yeah, yeah. but this one of his both hand kind of well what i'm saying is the older I get, I'm just more interested in experience. Yeah. Now, when I had an experience as a young teenager, it just so happened that Christianity was the container in which I put that in. If I was in Tibet, it'd probably be something else. If I was in Bombay, it'd probably be something else. I'm not trying to be so relativistic, don't get me wrong, but I'm saying that people have spiritual experiences and they need a container to put them in, and that was the container in which I put it in. And I don't know if Christianity works I'm saying works in quotation marks without experience. If it's just, yeah. if it's just intellectual, or that's true. Well, that's kind of the worst kind of Christianity is pure intellectual Christianity. Yeah. Calvinism, yeah. <laughs> or it's your mom and dad, right? Like you just they're driving it. it. Yeah, yeah, and I believe what they believe. So this is kind of my thing. But like, does that still give point, some structure? Does that still give some structure? And I don't formation? know. Like I think that what you just said is kind of points out the truth of. I'm asking of. Uh, that experience like you're talking about I think it, it has to be yours Did, if you would say to your children we're going to move would they come with you? 
Uh, that's it. That's all you say to them. We're moving. Get yeah, in the car. Yeah. And they pile, they're going to pile they're in gonna the car. They're going to go, yeah. Willingly. So, yeah, they trust you. So, you bring them to church. They wholeheartedly trust you. I think it works as building yeah. your structure. I think that has an expiration date, though. I don't know how much sure you can Yeah. But that's back to the elementary style Christianity or religion. So when when do you stop going to those churches and go to secondary churches? Yeah, but that's also in the high school church. Middle school, I would be okay with middle school (laughs) church having something that's not. But also, isn't that isn't that in the the psychoanalytics has this thing about you know human development, and I think that no matter what. Um, and this was also part of my last process was uh, my therapist going your fucking norm was this this was your norm like everything's fucked up relationships are broken you're being tossed back and forth between your your parents and your step parents and and whatever they believed you should do you did because that was normal was it right was it good Fuck no, <laughs> you know. In a lot of cases, um, I guess that's where I got passionate. I think with Rick also. Like I know Rick, we've got history. I've seen him have integrity in these situations with with people who were abusing women. Um, I saw him. You know, I'm not going to go into all the details, but I saw him. Uh, you know, really put the, his hammer down on a dude and and say, "Fuck no, you can't treat women like this." Especially unless you're Bill Hybels and your conference is coming to my church. No, unless, unless, sorry, unless I'm going to make sorry, money. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but see, that makes it that makes it personal. I should have said that. That would have been a good question. What if Bill Hybels was in your church doing that shit? You would have called him out and probably done so. That's what I said. Is I said AC3 is better than this. I just went off on a tangent. But AC3 is better than that because they have more integrity than fucking Willow Creek. Apparently not. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, how about get on EC3? <laughs> I don't know, but I'd like to go on another I think tangent. We'll, here's yeah, here's tangent. Yes, back, so back on what you were you, saying. No, I'm already, back to your point. already left. No, ch- talking so, chick goes to check. <clears throat> goes to check. We have stocking chicks now. We have stocking sticks. Stocking sticks. So you mentioned both and. Okay. Okay. Yeah, both and. And so I. That was anticlimactic. Um, <laughs> Chuck's trying to light sulfur on fire. Fire sticks. I, this was a, about a year ago or so. I had a conversation with a guy, and we were talking about uh, predestination and, I know, free will, and I don't know what the hell it was. Anyway, polar opposites. And I made the same comment. Yeah, what if it's both? Both and, yeah. yeah. So what if it's not? Or it's neither? What if it's or neither? One. So we're, yeah, or it is one or the other, or neither. Mm. So if it can be both, then it also leaves the... The equation that it could be neither. So where do you where are you left when? Have you ever gone there? You know, it's someone no. talking. You're like, oh, what if it's both and? Well, no, no, no. What if it's neither? Here's why I say both and. It's kind of like if you are on your way to your girlfriend's house, and say for whatever reason you forgot your cell phone, and she goes, I really need you here, and you need to come to my house, and your car breaks down. And your explanation to her is, she goes, why were you late? I was so hurt. You know, you came late. And your explanation was, well, the transaxle in my car broke and the two wheels separated. And so the brake cylinders rub against each other, which caused smoke. And then one of the, one of the tires burst into flames. Like you could say it that way. Or you could just say, I'm really sorry my car broke down. See, there's a relational component to, and I think a lot, what a lot of people try to explain with like sciencey language is kind of like, well, you know, your friend has autism or whatever, and maybe you should have grace for him instead of trying to explain why his brain doesn't work. And then you just don't like him. <coughs> Does that make sense? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> so so in that language so what I'm saying is when it's both and so say you're mad at me because I didn't show up on time for something okay and then I said uh, well don't be mad at me because my car broke down okay then there's more questions right see there's a relational component to what I'm talking about yeah I forgot what we were talking about there's a character for the That's why it's a good rabbit hole. <laughs> it's not a rabbit hole, it's just both and. So sometimes, yes, the fucking transaxle broke, 
your car, your tire caught on fire, and I was late, and I'm sorry. I think there's a there's a relational component to just shit that happens that we don't predict. I think that both and is something that binary people say to sound non-binary. <laughs> like it's kind of becoming cliche sometimes. I'm not saying you're doing that, right, else, right. but I. But the way I hear it sometimes, what if it's both? Like, eh. But I, maybe that's yeah, what, what, if, touching what if it's on. neither. Maybe yeah, the person that says, what if it's both is touching on a relational attribute <clears throat> that... I get that question. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get your question. Atheists do that all the time. It bugs the shit out of me. Like, atheists will say, well, you know, we just rose up from primordial goo and there's no really meaning in anything. And that's like where Ralph Bell goes with everything is spiritual. Like, why are we fucking here? What if it's neurotransmitters and the Holy Spirit? Exactly. Hallelujah, motherfucker. Yeah. And you can't prove. Uh, yeah. You can't prove the that's Holy why Spirit. The choir. <laughs> that's why the choir gets the shit going and your blood pumps and your. Because you gotta have the feels, right? Stirred. You gotta have the feels, man. Full man. But shouldn't you be worshiping? Every day of your life, and have the feels before you. But you can't it. have the feels for Beyonce because that's the devil. <laughs> no, I, don't. I haven't followed this conversation for like the last seven minutes. I do not know what we're talking about. Neither does the listener. <laughs> yeah, I'm just bringing it in. I'm just bringing it in there. I, don't, I can't bring it in because I don't know what we're talking about. We're going church, back. Why do you to, go? <laughs> why do we go to church? Is what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, and so that's where. Again, like I'm like kind of at the first real part of my life. Uh, we need structure. Yeah, and the first time in my life where it's like, I don't know if all the little perks are worth it. Mm. Um, and the perks really, I mean, they're good perks. They're really good perks. They're you know, lots of people like to shit all over them and poo-poo them, but I mean, for me at least, they're they're good perks. Um, I haven't felt that in a while, yeah, personally. Yeah, I haven't felt it either. Because well, maybe it's because I'm 35 and I haven't gotten tired of the perks yet. I'm just excited I have a couple more years before I actually get to the bottom of this. <laughs> Enjoy them. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I find that I go for mystery, beauty, experience, to encounter God. But where I get my community, by and large, isn't where I go to church. Nor do I really want it to be. I mean, I have some friends there, some people I enjoy. Why? But what? Why don't you want it to be? Uh, basically, just because um, Eastern Orthodox are weirds most. Just <laughs> <laughs> more fucking evangelicals. Hello, no, everyone's no. weird. Everyone's <laughs> weird in a way. No, I, I enjoy the people I go to church with. I just can't see myself. Um, yeah, like I, I, I can't see myself in like any meaningful in-depth relationships with most of the people. There are there are a couple, there are a few people I enjoy that I can probably have that with, and I do have that with on some level. Uh, I don't. Ex- I, I wouldn't expect those relationships to transcend the construct, quite frankly, though. Um, uh, but that being said, that's what I look for, is, is, you know, where can you just be yourself without having to have... Um, uh, where you could just say what you really think and w- w- without dogma or or belief being an issue, you know, like this is just yeah. me unfiltered and raw sort of thing. Um, I'm just kind of interested in into that unfiltered honesty. The older I get, uh, but it just might be where I'm at and the people I'm around. Uh, so, so yeah, in- invariably, I-, I don't really look forward to the coffee hour, the casseroles, the, you know, the small talk, the chit-chat, the weather, the Seahawks. I'm just not interested. I'm, it just doesn't captivate my attention. And then pretending to, like, care about piety when I don't. Okay, so here's a question. Yeah. Where else do you go that you can easily connect and talk to people that also provides child care? <laughs> Grandma's house for free. Oh, wait, for free. <laughs> for free. Grandma's house. Yeah. <laughs> the only other thing I can think of is the gym. People in nope, Seattle don't pay. like people talking. You oh, yeah, gotta, but you, you have, have to pay, pay for the gym. You, That's true. You do have to pay yeah, for there's just at not, the gym. Like in the church, you have to give money or volunteer. No, you don't. No, no, no you don't. <laughs> they want you to. They give tell money. you you do. But yeah. if you're rolling Catholic, you know you're rolling the fucking dice. Odds yeah. are. No, that's in every large place that it deals with kids but at the same time your odds are probably better with your kids get molested in the Roman Catholic Church just how do we get back on this based on their 
Russ, it's a free childcare. Like, Russ, I, you don't have the talking stick. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> you need to do EMDR when somebody says on the free childcare. Yeah, I know, right? You need to do like EMDR on the Catholic Church. I don't know. Seriously. You got, you got the child, the whole. Yeah, it bothers you a little bit. Is it free, <laughs> free, free child care to go to church, though? It's not like free child care to, like, you know, go out on the town. Or so something. I've, no, I've but actually just, thought about that. Like Brunch! <laughs> and I'm being serious. Brunch. It's like, wait a second, okay, I can check my kids in. I can, they're smart enough to know when it's time to go to you know their little classroom or or whatever. It's like, wait, if I it's dark enough, I can leave. I have an hour and a half easily. I could just go do whatever the hell I wanted, <laughs> not have to worry about it. I haven't done it yet. Maybe one of these days. Is there somebody watching the kids besides you? When? When they're in the the room, like you said. Oh, like whenever I'm teaching. Yeah. Yeah. There's always. Right. There's always two people at least. What I'm missing is so we like, go out I'm, beer. No, I'm talking about not when I'm not when I'm watching the children or helping with. Oh, okay. I'm talking about when I'm the parent. Okay, dropping off when you're the, the parents. Yeah. I see. And then go get a beer. That's true. Okay, I got the talking stick. <laughs> We're doing talking. Stick. So I feel like like I'm missing what like the Irish pub culture would be. Yeah, where there's a place where you can bring the whole family. Yeah, the kids just hang out. Uh-huh. And and you can drop in whenever you want. You can go every night. You can go once a month. That'd be amazing. And and it just doesn't exist in America. Well, and, does it? Does and it, the closest thing we have is the church. Yeah. Does it exist small scale in your neighborhood? Because I know that I could drop my kids off with my neighbors. It's getting there. It's definitely been more like that recently. Um, but it's mostly just the kids getting together and playing. Yeah. And uh, some of the times. The kids are playing with me, me a little nervous, but <laughs> yes, but, uh, not that kid. Don't yeah. play with him. It's uh, <laughs> always that troubled kid. But yeah, I mean, yeah, there is some of that. But it's nice to have like a place. Yeah. Right. And the church, like the church, does that really well. Does the boys and girls club? Mm-hmm. They don't they have to do a thing. They boys and girls club is all about the kids. True. Like I don't give a fuck about the kids. I want them to go do something structured. <laughs> and, and helpful, and not have to t- hear from them again for an hour and a half. Like it's a good break for parents. Yeah. and, and then go hang out with adults and and be adults with other people, and just enjoy things that are not kitty, kitty. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and and the closest thing to that in America is the church. Church, yeah, that's true. But aside from. Do you have that void? I mean, if you're invested in close relationships in close friendships, is there still that void for that social club thing? I'm asking. Like, I'm, I'm asking myself as I'm asking you. Like, well, there's lots of voids all mixed up, I think, is what it is. Gotcha. I mean, there is the void for... So I, I'm not... You know, I'm presenting this in a way like yeah, yeah. if that one problem was fixed, everything yeah, would be yeah. fine, but there's a yeah. lot of other shit going on. But, so... There's the, you know, the need for meaning. Yeah. The desire for structure. Just, the, I mean, there is an emotional thing that happens when I'm in church. Uh, you said before that it was nostalgia. <clears throat> There's the nostalgia is that still factor. There? Yeah, the nostalgia. But, but that's the work. Like, that, questioning leadership sure takes a big fucking dent out of the nostalgia. That's it, sure. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, See, I don't have that nostalgia factor for me at all. Because I went. Do you think you've just stopped filling it? Or trying to fill it? I'm saying it just doesn't work. Like it's not a desire. It, it, it's like, um, like uh, maybe I don't know. Like like when you were in fifth grade, you like some shitty rock band. Yeah, yeah, like you it, don't even want to remember. But it still exists, though. Yeah, because we've talked about this too. There's a void, and part of I can speak the language. I can, you know, I know the music and the words and stuff. But I'm not attracted to it. I don't want to experience it. So that's where the nostalgia is missing for me. Yeah. And it's not triggering per se. It's just now, uh, six to eight months ago, it would have been like, well, I don't want anything to do with that. But now it's like, eh, just not interested. Um, I, I admit, what I miss is the feeling of, of, of like certitude or, or, or the feeling of like, I'm okay. I, I think that's part of my midlife angst a little bit is, is that carpet being pulled out from underneath my feet. I, I miss that feeling of 
belonging and sort of uh, like, for lack of a better way of putting it, like I'm right or I'm okay or I'm standing on solid ground or something. You know, I, I kind of miss that feeling. It, it, it's kind of like a feeling of comfort and certitude yeah. that's completely gone. There's also, I, I miss mean, that. From a negative standpoint, there's a side of it's nice to feel exclusively united. Like, yeah. this is an exclusive club. This is my yeah. tribe. This is the place. And to tie those two things together, I guess my question for you, Derek, would be, because you talked about leadership, you know, how leadership is 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 questioning leadership. But what if you were at the point, it's kind of like all these churches who are, like most of the churches still support the GLS, right? right? Because what if they just ignored the bad shit with leadership? Like maybe you're to the age now or just life experience where, no, this matters. Mm, and that's important. What changed, you mean? Yeah, yeah. What changed? Was it the fact that Mars Hill happened or maybe you... There's, there's definitely a um, part of it is just a feeling of like, oh, this feels very familiar. here we go again familiar. Like, yeah, like everybody's doing the same <laughs> thing, <laughs> saying so the same words. Nothing to yeah, see. Yeah. The same yeah. Like, like there's just like an aura of like, oh, holy shit, this is exactly familiarity. The, yeah. Like, and, Corporate and I'm stink. still very fresh off of that. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I made that transition. I've only, you know, and. I've only been at AC3 for a couple of months. Yeah. I'm like, fuck. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. this feels real similar. Real, real similar. And what? I don't know that I want to do it. And, and we talked about this, Derek, because Derek and I sometimes marvel that we're such good friends because it's interesting because when Mars Hill was crumbling, I was, like, rooting for it to burn or Derek's, like, grieving. And it was like, Mars Hill was kind of my AC3, right. where the church I was at before was the same fucking shit, same bullshit. The church that Arthur was so wounded from, yeah. and his wife was so wounded from, that's the church I was at. And it doesn't surprise me, in some ways, what happened to them happened. Mm. And, then it, and then Mars Hill happens, and again, same lingo, same sort of vocabulary, yeah. same sort of uh, sweeping under the rug and self-preservation. And that's what sucks for me, is that's the church I was healed at. So it's confusing. So I go, it, it, go to Mars Hill and that thing burns down and then so I go back to AC3 and and they're doing the, the protecting the fucking Driscoll. Maybe we shouldn't be so idealistic about church. Right. Yeah, maybe that's... Yeah. But, and that's kind of what I'm struggling with is letting that die a little bit. Yeah. Like, huh. It's like the poison apple... Uh, the witch presents in the Wizard of Oz, which is sort of the uh, no, no, bro, no, I think Snow White, Snow White, Snow White. That's right, Snow White. I like it better. My bad. Wizard of Oz. Thank you. Keep Wizard going of Oz. That. That's right. So Snow White, there's that, there's that shift. Like, how can I get this person to hell, so to speak? To fuck themselves. To fuck themselves, mm-hmm. and I think that that's kind of what happens in religion. That's what happened with Willow Creek. It's what's happening with the Catholic Church. It's it's part of it is this social construct where your kids are watched for free and you have all your friends and we can just hang around this thing and eat the poison apple together. But at some point, you have to pull away from people have to pull away from that and go. Maybe I need to find a a more healthy, deeper social structure. Here's a question. And maybe it's a, this is the way to, to, to form it. If you can't be, if you can't have like an idealized view of, of God or church, what what's the point? Because isn't that the point? Isn't that the point is yeah. Holy Spirit, transformation, new life, uh, you know, all those metaphors. And if it's like, yeah. if you can't have an ideal view of it, then isn't it just then like it's just reality? Is, and you might as well just do. You might as well just, just like be a fucking animal. Jo- jo- yeah. Join well, or or join a bowling league, right? Or, yeah, they're Kiwanis or Kiwanis or the yeah, like Masons or what's the difference between yeah. any between what the church? Fred and, Flintstone was in. Is is there is there the water buffalo? Is there a transformative supernatural power there? Or yeah. is it just another social club like the Kiwanis? And that's for me. That see, that's, that's why I have this thing with Christianity because for me, that's what it was. Like I was so anti-God and anti-Christian, and and this spiritual Jesus thing just enveloped me and interrupted me. And I'm like, oh wow, like this must be the real deal. 
and these EC3 people must know what the fuck they're talking about. Um, and they're just human. I mean, everyone's just human. And I'm not saying do all I'm not together. saying that they won't be human or they're not human. But isn't there some transformative power that makes them a little better than the koanas? And the yeah, answer exactly. to that question is well, no. <laughs> but so I don't think, that's, I don't think it is. So though. why, if it, the answer to that question is no, so I don't think why no. isn't koanas or your local bowling league thriving like the churches do? Is the church thriving? I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm honestly asking. Because they sell you yeah. an idealism. They, they sell you the idealism. Yeah. <laughs> and they keep dangling the carrot. Remember? Cause, cause it, Does Peter, AA do that? Peter Rollins articulates this point so well where it promises... It promises you the thing that's going to fill the vacuum, that's going to fill the void. And then when it doesn't, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. You need to read the Bible more, try harder, join this Bible study, join this small group, repent, pray, go to confession, insert, do whatever. And it's always that carrot. It's just dangling right in front of you. Because God is a rock, and the rock doesn't fucking move, and the rock is hard as can possibly be. And you're so the you problem. you come up against God, you break. Not God. Yeah, because you're the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've heard that analogy before, too. Until you've been doing it so long, where you're like, wait a minute, there's no one behind that curtain. Right. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. in the exact same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, I think that's the midlife thing that happens. This guy's selling the message that he heard from this guy, who sold the message that he heard from this guy, who just made it up. Like, and just, he's doing it because he needs a fucking job. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the only reason why he's really doing it, because his uh, livelihood's attached man. to it. But yeah, I think that's what happens, is, is you've been doing it so long where you start to get, wait a minute here, something's fishy. But see, that's where you and I were talking about the Buddhist thing and the, and the, and the fucking Catholics, <laughs> because all those people who do the worship thing and memorize the catechisms and do the liturgy every week, they still molested a bunch of kids. So there's nothing transformative in the, in the disciplines. That's my in, issue with religion. In and of religion. themselves. In and of themselves. My issue with religion is that. So there's something to getting to the end of yourself. See, there's something about like recovery groups I think are so spiritual in the fact that people really get to the end of themselves. And I think that one of the major factors in a recovery group is you hang your fucking ego at the door. You hang your ego at the door... And then you get in there and you just talk about where your life is at right now, where you struggle, where you hurt. To me, there's something churchy about that. Chuck, land Chuck, the plane. Land the plane. Do we have a plane to land? I don't know. Thank you for listening. No. <laughs> I think the worst time to have a heart attack is during a game of charades. That's a huge bitch! Thanks for listening to Punk Theology. Don't forget to subscribe, like to join us in having more ears hear this punk sound. Please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you may hear this fucking podcast. Punk Theology is the property of Digital Audio Project, a limited liability corporation, who is responsible for its content. Don't kick it out! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum.